This is David Moyes. This is Yapstam. This is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is Jurgen Klopp, and you're listening to the big interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jurgen. I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona, and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast wouldn't happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to join us, to become a socio, and to get every interview we produce without adverts and before it goes out on the main feed, plus lots of bonus content, including the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A. So do please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and join the club and get your family and friends to do so. Maybe even strangers in the street. Love you. We're back for part two of Liam Henderson on the big interview. I think Liam Henderson is a really, really good midfield player who has patently um, thrived and whose knowledge and experience have expanded greatly during his time in Italy, Serie B and now Serie A. In this second part of our chat, we discuss the best opponent Liam has faced in Serie A, how you can't sell a dummy to an Italian. This is a beautiful part of the conversation. He talks about beating Napoli away at the Maradona Stadium and Liam's dream of playing for Steve Clark Scotland. And yes, don't worry, Hibs fans. We also reflect on Liam's relentless practising of corner kicks and how that helped set up Hibs' historic Sunshine and Leith Scottish Cup triumph of 2016. I'd like to thank all of you all the socios who sent in questions for this one, and welcome to our latest member, Aaron Duckling. Please sign up in support of this independent podcast and take the chance to pose questions to our guests. If you'd like to do that, simply sign up at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. This is the big interview. It's with the excellent Liam Henderson. If you enjoy it, please do us all a favour. Tell people, share it. Pass it on, recommend it. For the moment, I hope that the chat with this really talented, interesting, smart Scot, very fluent in Italian, has reached the places that other podcasts don't reach. You're with the big interview. Thank you. Ian Thompson has a pretty rudimentary question, which hopefully you'll find difficult. Who's the best player you've played against in Italy? Pellegrini from Roma. Whoa. That, but it's that clear cut. No. Explain us. I'd like to say we're a wee bit similar in the way they want to play the style. For me, I've always appreciated midfielders who no rapids, they're no quick, they're no huge, they're not like physically a, a monster. But they appreciate the ball, the way they touch the ball, like the way he controls it, the way he passes it. And when we played Roma this year, we played them at the Olympico for me. He was, for me personally, I know everybody's got opinions about Barella and the link of it, Savage. There's Pop Dybala. There's top players everywhere here. But for me, as if he's asking me who I, who's the best player I've personally played against Pellegrini. How close were you in, in terms of 
pitch duties. Yeah, we were, we were, I was playing 10 and he was playing 10. So you're having a similar influence, but how many times were you coming into... A wee bit, because he went... He liked you met her in a chair, really. He liked to go everywhere, a wee bit like myself. Like, I like to go and find the ball as well. But for not for me, he was the best. Like, he, he reminds me a wee bit like De Bruyne, like the, st- the way he passes the ball, the way he shoots. No, it's easy. It's a, I've always, if anybody asks me who's the best player, I say Pellegrini. Wow. Just the way he moves and stuff as well. Like, it's nice to watch. Like, there's an elegance about how he plays football, which I, which I like. Elegance is good. Yeah. Which, which players maybe have surprised you, have caught your eye? Which didn't you see coming over? Maybe are there some whose attitude or behavior uh, and, and maybe gamesmanship have disappointed you? I liked Roma as a team. Even though they, I liked Roma how they played with Zanolo, Abraham, Pellegrini. I liked Roma how they played. I found Roma really, really tough to play against. Barella's good. Malinkovic Savic. Barella's super right. Luis Alberto also. Okay. I like uh, Lazio, no? Yeah, Lazio. And then you have Malinkovic Savic. Yeah, you talked about Malinkovic Savic, who is perpetually quoted as being a target for other big clubs, but keeps, keeps on staying. No, he's, I mean, he's, he's top, 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 top for me. What are the things in his game? He's massive. He's massive. He's huge. He's physic. He's physically incredible. He's with the ball at his feet. He's amazing as well. And he's so getting about. You have to be careful not to bounce up. He scores. Tiny double. Scores double double digit goals every year on him yeah. from midfield. No, he's he's taught a Barella, Blankovic, Pellegrini. I like midfielders though because I'm a midfielder. Yeah, I like midfielders so. To, to what extent are, are you properly protected in Italian football? Because there was a long, long time where it, it was an, ex- it wasn't just a physical league, but like defenders were very, very canny, very streetwise. Clearly during our lifetimes, although mine has been longer than yours, there's been refereeing scandals. To, to what extent when you go out on a pitch, do you think, yeah, this is going to be a game where I know it's going to be ruled with fairness? Obviously, when you go away, the, when you go away, the bigger teams, but it's the same in Scotland. No much difference. It's the exact the same in Scotland. It's the exact same. The, the big two, the big two get the majority of the decisions. There's no doubt about it. So hopefully, VAR's helped here, to be honest. VAR's helped. So hopefully, VAR will help in Scotland. It's because referees are more responsible. More responsible. And the fact that they make a mistake, it's there, it's there, it's, it's there to be seen. And in this culture, they love to analyse mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, you're right. But yeah, VAR's helped us. VAR's helped, I think. From the smaller teams get like, for example, we've got penalties against Inter Milan in the San Siro, which before maybe wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is that, for example, I've been coming to watch Italian football since the early 90s, matches, interviews, training sessions. So you learn a little bit about the idea. And the idea here is very much about win at any cost. Over my lifetime, that's changed. It's usually scandalous before what went on. Now, would the type of tackles, the type of treatment you know, no. pitch be identical to anywhere else? Ah, it's the same as anywhere else. The defending here, see, like the space is like kind of creative playoffs. You don't get much space. So when you get the chance to make the pass, you have to make the pass. Because maybe you're only going to get one. Really? Or you're going to get two against. So have you noticed your decision making sharpening up to where it's at a, a razor edge? A hundred percent. And when I, when I came Italy, for example, in Scotland, I would line up a shot and I would fake it. More nine times out of ten, the defenders, I'm, I'm, I'm selling him. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's throwing his cell at the ball, and I'm just, <laughs> I'm adding, like check him. But here, when I tried it, I was like, why are these defenders not taking the bait? But you, I think you're talking about Syria now more because that goal I was, uh, you alleged, what I mentioned against Perugia, 
where the cross comes from Faraoni. It's dummy by Di Carmine and Traore. You take the ball and you kind of dip a left shoulder going right and the, and the defender has gone that way and you bury the shot up your right I, foot. That was maybe what, one time out of a hundred because I asked the defenders here, I'm like, why why is no, why is no gambling? Like, tell me why you're not gambling when I'm faking to shoot so I can create myself in a bit of space. This is from the age of four. We've been told, don't go to ground. So jockey for longer yeah. than we would ever be told yeah. to, to jockey. Yeah. Keep yourself in a position whereby you, you're reading what's happening yeah. rather than taking the first dummy that's sold to you. So the, what I've tried to do is now, if I'm playing, I try and shoot through the legs of the defender. Okay. So that's my, rather than faking, yeah. I'll try and shoot through his legs. Or if I'm trying to like play a cross or like a final pass, I'll try and play it through his legs. Because I know he's not going to stretch. I know he's not going to... We might just change that position a little yeah. bit. We must never have this translated into Italian. Uh, so they, 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 they see your secret say. So the, the difference in Serie A football, Ian, well, I mean, because, you know, Empoli, you finish mid-table more yeah. or less. It, it's, it's, a, it's a very good season. Yeah. But some of the results are, are fantastic. If you look at the, in the cup, 3-2 after extra time to the reigning champions, yeah. you beat Juventus, mm-hmm. you beat Napoli home and away. Yeah. You have a, to, to achieve that, you have a pretty special team. No, I've got a really good team and a young team as well. But what I find the M players, there's no, we have very, very good players, very good players, but there's no equals. There's no guys that think they're superstars. They think they're better than other boys in the dressing room. We're all in the same like That's rare mindset, which is for me is really, really good. And M play to finish 14th is unbelievable for M play. Obviously with Sari and stuff, I think they managed to get into Europe mm-hmm. when he was the coach. But uh, going into this year, this year is just again about consolidating ourselves and remaining in Serie A and then fingers crossed so we can keep keep building after a year. Which was the big result because you win at Juve early on, yeah. which is a rarity for any team. Um, you spoke really nicely to Tony Northcroft about the, the importance of Maradona oh, and, uh, and yeah. what was the Sao Paulo Stadium. We beat them at home as well, score. Uh, yeah, there. yeah. I don't know how much Fiorentina are thought of as local. Yeah, yeah, right. Not so right. Ever, yeah. You beat them. Yeah. So separating out for you, for the fans, for the club, which of those massive performances last season would have counted as the most significant? For me, the most significant was Napoli at home because that when we were going through a torrid time, we couldn't, we couldn't buy a win. Yeah. After uh, January, we couldn't buy a win. And that, that game saved us that actually mathemat- no mathematically but more or less kept us in the league you knew already and, and yeah. that, that was with I don't know 10-12 games to go a ballpark or mm, have I, got I that don't wrong? know I don't maybe less less I think Few, okay. because obviously we played Napoli and then I think the next game must have been Salernitana at home and they were fighting for their lives they'd done a great escape though I'll credit to them they were brilliant in the last from January onwards but yeah, Napoli, Napoli at home secured safety. That what was the big, atmosphere like that? That was yeah. a big one. Amazing. It was my, my birthday the next day. Mum and dad were there. And mom you scored. over for the game and I scored. And you and scored the day before for Hibs as well. It's an amazing weekend. And the feeling of, again, I need to go back to it. You, you made it sound as if your dad really idolised Maradona. And, and therefore, that first win, which was the earlier part of the season, in what's now the Maradona Stadium with Sao Paulo. Again... You're in the south. You said you always feel good in yeah. the south. Try and describe that day about getting there and the atmosphere. And, and I don't know if there were nerves. Presumably there were. A wee bit. It's, it's, 
nerves for me, I get a wee bit nervous, but the most nervous I get is when I watch my big brother play. And um, when I'm watching on the iPad on Hibs TV or whatever, I'm, I can't speak to anybody. So I don't know how my dad feels about having to watch my wee brother first in the after. He's going to mean, I don't know how his, how his ticker's still, still ticking. Because honestly, no, the, I says to my, I FaceTime my dad straight away. I was like, dad, see the, the Napoli game, obviously, one, et cetera, et cetera. But you would have loved to have been there because for the warm up when they came out, they had on the big screens. Maradona, you know, the famous video with Life is Life. All juggling, laces out. With that. Life is fantastic. That was, and it was like for half an hour, 45 minutes. And it's just this wee square package yeah. where if you came to football for the first time and you, you'd never seen it before, you might look at him and think, well, maybe he's just a, not a circus performer, but he doesn't look like a massive athlete. He's got a big bushy hair. It's, he must have had a high voice when his shorts are pulled right yeah. up. Unbelievable. Laces are out, yeah. I think, in the cell. And the ball goes in the orbit and you have to wait for it to come back in shot as the music's playing. Yeah. Life is like, oh, it was amazing. That was, that was the best part of the experience for me was coming out and seeing that middle. Because I've seen that middle so many times on Twitter, on uh, Instagram and that. But actually being in the stadium named Bastard. in the same grass. Yeah. But that's what I always say. I always think to myself, I'm so lucky because all these, like me from being from Broxburg, which no many people know where Broxburg is. To be like gracing on the same stadiums and the same grass as all these greats. It's like something when I'm older, I'm going to be, I don't look at it too much now. I appreciate it. Yeah. But when I'm older, I'll 100% be like, no, nah, that's not something. Have you kept my mentors? To be honest, I only swap jerseys with the boys I play with. So I'm trying to like the national teams, yeah, all the boys that I play with. So when they go away with the national team, I've got South Korea, Australia, Slovenia, uh, Sweden, New Zealand. I'm going to get a Polish one from Zerkowski who I played with last year. Uruguay, we've got a young boy on loan from Inter Milan from Uruguay. I love Uruguay as a country. Like when they play, love them. Because they're similar, similar size to Scotland, and, but they've got an Italian mentality. All the South American tours I've played with, I gravitate towards them a wee bit. It's like I'm always, I always feel like I'm in their group. Like if there's been Brazilians, like two or three Brazilians, I'm always gravitate towards the South Americans. And we've obviously got this young Uruguayan on North Mountain Island, Satyan Marta, who for me is going to be top, top, top. We need to watch, need to watch it for him uh, this season. After two days, me and him are like, even on the pitch as well, like I told him, I don't need much training sessions. I know where you're going to run and he knows where I'm going to run. And I say that for me is amazing. Okay. Big test. How? I don't know. No, 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 no. No, we need to work harder than that. Because that's the magic of football. It must be the from young about how we see the game, how we play football, how we've been taught how we play football. Like you see two, three training sessions. Like, magic though it is, it's nice. But I've had, I've had it with like, there's certain players and players I've had it with and he's won straight away. Go on, tell me. I mean, you know, I had it with last year. Okay. I've created quite a few good chances for him. There's a young player, Baldanzi here, who's also going to be good, very, very good player. I have it with him. I have it with my young brother. We've done a few training sessions at Celtic together in the first team, which was amazing. The only thing I want to do now is play in the same team as him. Hopefully in the National Dark Blue. That's what I'm concerned. Hopefully, that's what and he said. The sooner the better. That's what he said to me, and that's what he's saying. So fingers crossed for that. Sure. But it is magic. Like, it's, it's hard to put any words. But I thought, I said to him yesterday, it's funny, we were speaking about this. I said to him yesterday, I said, Mark, I know where you're going to be without even looking like I just know I know where you're going to be 
But that, in, in such a demanding environment as this, that adds a lot. There's no tell. You're not giving your marker any tell about what you're going to do next. So that just adds a couple of split seconds. And I says to him as well yesterday or the day before, I says, I'm going to try and get you, I'll try my best to give you some assist for you to get to call up for the World Cup. I don't want to leave Italy behind, but what we're going to um, do is just carefully say to you, um, how much have you changed and, and in which ways has the country of Italy been good to you? Good for you, I suppose. The appreciation for food is, without saying it, I think my diet's improved as well. I think you see that how long they live. Long, all lives. And my agent tells me it's the olive oil that they put on everything. They put olive oil on everything. No, it's, I became much more grown up. I grew up really, really fast. The people of Scotland, like anytime I'm out or in a minute and I hear a Scottish voice, I'll try and go up and like, have a conversation like, well, what you see a holiday, blah, 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 blah. I became a good tour guide. <laughs> I tell them you need to go to Puglia because Puglia is like a hidden gem. Not many people know about Puglia. And it's the, for me, it's the best. That's where Barry, Lecce, Gallipoli, Otranto. The new James Bond was filmed. You wow. know, that city where it's like all stone. Okay. It was filmed in Puglia as well. But it's a hidden gem. Okay. I think I've started to do flights from Edinburgh to Barry that night. Come on, which is good. Come on. But yeah, I think the most thing that's taught me, like I said, is the appreciation for home. Appreciation for home. Because obviously I'm... The years are going past quicker and quicker. Every, my mum and dad, they get older. Grandparents are getting older. Brothers are getting older. So when I go back, I really, I want to spend all my time with them. Mm-hmm. And I have like appreciation for everything they've done for me. It's clear from this conversation that they have done pretty yeah. special things. So yeah. you've been lucky in terms of their vision, their confidence, their willingness to, 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 to push you. Yeah. Um, yeah. The disciplines. Something, the innate talents, personality and football skills that have been inherited. You have been a lucky man. No, I'm very lucky. Very lucky. And I, I, I appreciate it. Like I'm in a very, very fortunate situation. Before we go to Sunshine on, on lease, talk about the food a little bit because it, it is, you, you've got quite animated in, in describing it and you're talking about the separation of the antipasto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't really like meat being on the same plate as pasta and stuff like that. And we explained why. No, not really, because I, a funny story again, I had my friends, like my boys that I went to school with since I've known since five, six, there's a four athletes, and they came to Verona for a game and we were sitting in, sitting in, I lived in Pesquera del Gardo, which is on the Garda. We're sitting at a restaurant and the, the waiters came over, he's ready to order and everybody's saying their stuff and I've got my friend Mark, kids like that. Could I have chicken arabiata? And the waiters looked at him like, what, what is chicken arabiata? Is like that? Can you make me an arabiata dish? Cut up the chicken, mix it in. And the guys like that, and my, I've not heard that in my life. I'll go and ask the chef. And they've done it for them. That doesn't sound all that mad at all. To a score. It sounds quite creative, but they really are like, no, I've never like, heard of anything like They like to do your antipastas, like your cold meats, you know, like your prosciutto, the salami, et cetera, first. Then they'll do like a pasta risotto. Uh, whatever for your second and then the last is the meat where it's fish, chicken uh, it feels when you say it out loud quite a lot oh it is you're, for example we'll go for team dinners and that you're there for about six hours six hours honestly they, it's the slowest the slowest thing I, the slowest thing when you go for team dinners it takes hours and you're right like they'll say right come for eight o'clock nine o'clock and you don't start eating till like past ten so now I always eat before I go 
Because I eat my lunch at 12, and if I don't eat to half 10, 11, I'm going to be starving. So I always have something before I go. But the breakfast, dinner, and tea, which is what we were brought up in Scotland, like that's all gone, and that's all gone. All the foreigners, like all the outside there, they're the same. All of the Scandinavians, the Balkan, they're the same. They eat before they go. And a glass of wine is, is obviously part of the culture here. It's almost viewed as obligatory here. Yeah, even before the game, the night before the game, you can have a glass of wine if you want. Yeah. But I'm that way, I'm like, I shouldn't be drinking wine before. I've never, I've never drank it before the game. No. Because I'm that way, like, again, it's culture. We, we associate drink with bevy. Aye, or fun. Or non-professional Aye. as well. Do you know what I mean? But they they drink it as like a... Because it gets the flavours and that, the food and that going. But they, they, they'll just drink one and then that's them. Whereas us Scots, I'll only have four or five <laughs> to, get the, to get the party started. I'm not giving away big secrets here, but, it, but you have one, you're like, uh, the second sounds brilliant. After the second, it could be 20 to yeah, I know. Don't find it wrong, but I just can never sit and have a glass of wine knowing that I'm going to play a game. I mentioned Sunshine on, on Leith and Andy Harbison is a social. Hi, Andy. Thank you. He said, I was listening to the John McGinn podcast with Graham about that amazing Scottish Cup win with Hibs in 2016. Can Liam reflect on that day in his career and how it's continued to follow him? And which I suppose it has right up till, till just now. Obviously, Rangers had won the league and we played Rangers the two weeks before or something, the Cup final. Just It was one of the games where it was like, Dead Robert and Stubbs played B five two and I was on the bench. And I was like, he's he's doing this for the cup final. And that was three weeks before. You knew. And even my dad says to me as well, I think Liam, he's doing this for the cup final. So I don't think you're going to play in the cup final. And this was two weeks before. Bear in mind we had the playoff against the uh, Falkirk that we lost. And my dad's like, I don't think you're going to play in the cup final. I'm like, what do you want? But surely. It would have been because obviously I played in all the rounds before that I was a like I would class myself as a big player for Hibs that season. Like I played a lot of games so when it was coming to the last game in the cup final and I'm I was 95% sure I was on the bench 95% sure but to be fair I, I remember watching it back and Gordon Strachan says a nice thing that obviously I would have been devastated as a young boy to be on the bench but I've came on with the right attitude but that's something that has changed as well in my perception of football because before when I was maybe the coach puts out a team to win. He doesn't put a team to lose. So he's putting out the best players he thinks that's going to win that game. Okay. So obviously in that instance, in his mind, in the beginning of the game, I wasn't the best suited to win the game for him on that day from the from the beginning. Okay. But before, I would blame every, everything else. I would blame the coach, the, I don't know, teammates, whatever. And I would have a million things to blame rather than actually look at myself. Where, whereas then, it kind of, the penny kind of dropped me. It was like, right, he's playing 3 five, two. Maybe he's trying to consolidate the game and then give it a go. But I need to be ready for the last half an hour, last 10 minutes, however long I get. So I need to be mentally prepared. And now, if I'm ever put on the bench, before there'll be negativity in my mind, like, this is a shambles, like, hang on, I'm playing, blah, 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 blah. It's positivity. It's like I'm in the right frame of mind to come on and be ready to impact the game always now. 
I read one book, I can't remember the name. It was one one guy who was struggling, like his family moved from, I want to say, India, Afghanistan, whatever, when he was younger, to Birmingham or something like that. One city in England and he was struggling, had no money, blah, 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 blah. And became like big on social media, but through the power of just positivity. Like he just, he obviously had, he was a dead negative stinker and then one day it changed for him. Click, and then he just thought positively. And it's hard to think positively all the time to it. But I've kind of put that in my... The way I live my life now is I just try and think positive all the time. Hmm. Even if it's a bad situation, what's the positive of the bad situation? Like, how is it going to impact my future? So for me, coming on in that game, I was in the right frame of mind. Whereas maybe before I would have been down. I know a lot of players who'd have been like, I'm still pissed off at the coach. Whereas if you're like, you know, there are 20, 30, 35, doesn't matter when you come on, minutes left for me to influence something. That's a hunger and it's a very positive mentality. And I think that you talked about fate and kismet right at the beginning. Sometimes there's a magnetism about to, towards positivity. Yeah. And because you have that focus, because you've got that action, good things happen. It's obviously amazing. Amazing. I hope Hibs do win the cup again for my brother. But my brother's played. Uh, but before my brother went, I was like, I hope the Hibs don't win for another 100 years. <laughs> the connection I've got with Hibs is going to be there forever. The corners. Because you said earlier on, you've always, since you were young, practiced some corners. I spoke about this before. I think it was for a, a guy who wrote a book uh, about it. I spoke about this before. See, every Friday, we done like set plays and stumps. For whatever reason, I had to hit corners. So if that was us attacking corners or our defenders defending corner. So I was hitting like, I must have been about 30 corners every Friday. And that was all year. When it came to games, I was like, I was like, where do you want the ball? You, the, I can put the ball wherever you want it. What a feeling. Which was amazing. I've not got that to it now because it's not as, I don't hit as much as 30 corners every, every Friday. Mm. I shouldn't probably start again. I could put the ball wherever I wanted to put the ball in the box, I can put it. And obviously all, like again, say, I don't know if it was true, but it came down to the two corners and the two corners were on the money. Couldn't have put, I couldn't have placed it better in my hand, the ball. To hear that phrase from a professional sports person is yeah. is brilliant. But see, to be fair, I always look at it. If it was one time, maybe you can say it was a fluke. Because it was two in the space of 10 minutes, you mm. can't say it's a fluke. What, did you ever, did you feel that the second goal was coming? The second second goal for your corners, I mean. I mean Stokes, he was unbelievable that day. Mm. Stokes, he was a man possessed. Mm. He was right back. Maybe something to do with the opposition. I don't know. Just guess. Ah, maybe. Stokes, he had all that ability in the world. What, like... He was a super player. And he turned, mm-hmm. on, turned up on that day. And had a good team. Mm-hmm. As well, Hibs. See, if you look at the, the team with the, that we had then and where they're, what they're doing now and the players that we had, Dylan, for me, he's an amazing player. McGeeock, mm-hmm. McGinn, Cummins, who's in Australia, he's, I keep in touch with him as well. So, no, we had a really good team and... Connection with Hibs is going to be there forever. Did it merit this in your brother? 100%. Aye. I did. 100%. Now, 100%. People, was that a flute? Was it pre planned? No, no, it was because you, they were sitting. So my mum and dad were in the box. They were in the, the, the prawn signs beginning to sit. So they were up there. And obviously, my, I had loads of friends, aunties, uncles, brothers. So they were a wee bit back. And the third goals went in. I fell on my like, backside, going like that kissed the badge or whatever and then went to the crowd but they're away to my left like all the other boys are away to my left and I'm into the crowd and I've looked up and I've seen Buick and I'm like what is he doing here like how's he here he's supposed to be up there and I went to kiss him on the head on the forehead and he's went to kiss me on the head I just smacked lips I can see I was a chance before the 3-2 goal 
I still see with the fans have a little running, but you knew that they were ready. And if the, if the goal comes, you know, it's just going to be, bosh, there you are. And there was your brother. But no, it was a uh, someday, some summer as well. After that, it's amazing. Oh, they never got promoted. We should have got promoted as well. But the bus, what was it, 100 and something years? What was vibes? Not 114 now. 114 years. Not bad, eh? I think about all the dates that I played for him, so I've never won the cup. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? In mm-hmm. 114 years, there's been hundreds of top, top players who have never right. had the chance to lift the cup with Hibs, and I'm obviously one of the lucky, very lucky few. Right, but you took fate in your own hands. Liam, let's, let's wrap with just a couple of quick subjects in that case. Yeah. It's my perspective that I find it bewildering that you're not in the Scotland scene. Scotland's playing um, a slightly more considered brand of football now. There have been quite notable successes and you've played before with John McGinn I have no real understanding and, and I don't see Steve Clark because I would ask him yeah. I have no real ability to get to him watching your thinking <laughs> one I presume you do care two what do you imagine you have to do and three is it clear to you why you're not at minimum called up into the squads for me it would mean, mean the world to me to play with Scotland it's, it's when, you st- when you start in football you you dream about playing for your national team. And I've spoken about it before. And I don't want it to sound like a broken record constantly speaking, like when I do interviews or what. I've asked the question, I want to know. But do you know that way where I feel like in the interviews that I've done, I've expressed how I feel about Scotland. I've like, can you put it in any awards, any other? I was capped. It is a big deal for you. It is. I was capped okay. under 21s, et cetera, et cetera. Well, obviously we're strong in midfield. We're strong in midfield. Like the majority of the players are playing in the, the Premier League. You've got. Ryan Jack, who's top player playing for Rangers, Callum McGregor, who's the captain of Celtic as well. It's a tough, um, it's a tough position to get in. But I feel like I should be considered. <laughs> I feel like I should be in consideration. I feel like I should, uh, should have at least made a few squads. But I don't know. Maybe I'll need to score, score, start scoring some more goals. Obviously, there's so much more I can improve on uh, in my game. Still, still relatively young, still learning the game, and there's a lot I can improve on. I think being part of a, a side that's comfortably stayed in Serie A, being part of a side that's, you know, taking points of Juventus and, and Fiorentina and Lazio and running to close and a season in Serie A, that would seem to me to be that in general, I can't speak for the Steve Clark, but you know, if a score is, is holding down a, a position of massive responsibility in a Serie A team, then that, to me, if if the beginning of this season holds to last season, that has to then be producing, you know, indisputable evidence that you need to be part of the Scotland scene, in my opinion. Serie A is a massive leap from Serie B. Oh, of course, of course. It's one of the top five leagues in the world. If you're talking about this coefficient stuff, it's the top five. It's the top five as well. So, like I've said, I would love to play for Scott. I hope Steve Clark can come out and at least watch a few games. To get back home and play in front of play Hamlin and that would be would be amazing. Like you say, it's hopefully my wee brother can kick on as well. What's left for you now if you look at maybe a career that might give you eight, nine, ten more big years, let's say. Um but you're you're the top footballer, brilliant attitude. My personal goal regarding uh, my career is probably arrive at the the elite level, the Europa League, Champions League, a team that's competing in that every year. That's for me is my my goal is to arrive at that that level and play at that because I'm twenty six. I'm going at my peak year, so I, I feel like I'm. If it's going to happen, I'm going to time it perfectly. 
regarding that. So that's my goal to be playing at the elite level and be playing in the Champions League, like hear the Champions League music every year as well. I was lucky enough to be a part of a Celtic. So I obviously played for a huge club in Celtic. And uh, once you get the small taste you're in around the match day, it's uh, it's something that it's something that spurs me on uh, to get to that elite level Europa League champions and be competing in Europe and be competing for titles as well. Be, be competing in the for league titles, cups, whatever it is. Is the natural place to do that maybe England? Or potentially I I've always I've always said I'd love to go and play in the Premier League for the fact that the potentially Roy Keane analysing one of my games whether it's good or bad. Because obviously him being a midfielder and I'd love to get that analysis of these top I'm always interested in You soak up details, do you? Yeah, I'm always interested in what these players, guys like yourselves who have operated at the highest level in what you do. I've seen so much football, always value their opinion on how they see me as a player. Whether it's they like me as a player, whether it's the highs or lights, average or whether or not he's hopeless. Because I always look for like feedback about how I can improve and how I can make myself a better person and a player. So that's important. Like feedback from other people isn't, it's not the be all and end all, but I like to understand what other people see how I play the game and see my perception of the game as to when I can improve. It's important for me that. Mm. Obviously playing for the national team is very, very important. And uh, I spoke with my agent about maybe doing, if possible, one year in a South American country. For this attraction, the fact that the footballers that come through there are just, for me, are amazing. They're ferocious. Yeah. Well, I would, I would back you to be able to achieve it. Um, you might find certain parts of South American football a little bit more chaotic in the air and less well organized and, and odd would be what the players that come over to Europe tell us. Spain, please don't discard Spain. La Liga's been a league to that. You watched a lot of it growing up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I would love to play in England. Love, love to play in England. Yeah. I would also love to play in Spain as well. Because I watched, like I said to you before, I watched it religiously, me and my brothers. Especially Jamie, we would all get emotional. But Jamie's, he'll, my middle brother, he's he's interested in the coaching side as well. Okay. He's interested in the analysis side. He loved Barcelona, loved Messi, loved, just loved the way they play. So he would get dead, like, what up? Guardiola Mourinho was head-to-head. It was proper, like... That was, that was polarising for everybody. Was unbelievable. See me, I love, I love Mourinho. I'd love to be able to, to feel like you do about him, but... I've seen too much. So no, he, he is one. He's one of these. He is. He's Hollywood. All oh, right. If he's one of the old bounders in the old Hollywood films, because he's a cad man. No, no. I, I, I love him. I think he's brilliant. <laughs> See, when we played uh, Rome at home, they were four 0 up after like twenty minutes. I had no idea what was going on. I was like, "How is this possible?" And uh, we scored. Pellegrini, of course. Uh, we scored. I don't think he played. I don't know. We scored two goals quick in the second half, four two, and we were like, "I was like, we're going to." 4-4 four, four. and then Mourinho done an interview after the game and they were like the, the interview asked him a question like oh first half was amazing second half because of the two goals he says yeah uh, we went scored the R four goals in the second half people have turned off the TV this is where it was different because you found that funny I'd be like trying to find him in the stadium afterwards like he's tremendous value I will admit and the thing that bugs me is that he came into football like a typhoon the ideas were were special um, he made a difference. Also, his bond with the players. If you talk to any of them that I worked with him, in the, particularly in the early years, they, they felt six foot taller, not six foot tall. And they felt inspired. And it was like, I saw Cosa Nostra loyalty to... When he said, when he was pumped at Chelsea the first time, Drogba was in tears. I was going on, big man. It's a coach. It, it was a cult. Yeah. 
and, and to the benefit of everybody who joined the cult at that stage. And then I watched him, and now he tosses a lot of people out of the off, off the side of the boat if it's not going well. I don't like that in life. I, I particularly seen as he was capable of the others, ultra loyalty and ultra inspiration because. We talked about, like, you talked about the manager being solely in charge here. I know when I listen to leaders in, in sport, but particularly in football, the, the power to convince now is much more important than power. Yeah. Because if you have power, but you don't convince, you'll lose that power. It's, it's a guarantee. If you convince now, because footballers in general, quite often they can say, I'll, I'll wait you out. I'll wait you out. No problem at all. I'll still be here. You won't. And therefore, his ability to convince, which I think he's diluted, I, I think the the whole pantomime, not just success, I think his own pantomime got to him a little bit and undermined him. But it disappoints me because I'd like to feel, because the enthusiasm, as soon as we're back on him, you're smiling. At, I'd love to feel that way about it. Oh, I, I would. I know. But I've, I've, I was maybe a wee bit the same as you. And when he was at Chelsea, it was like, I know what you mean, he created, it was everybody against them. Do you know what I mean? But I've came up to share. I think much more than I did tonight with Chandler. Well, he's doing well at Roma. You're doing uh, superbly at Empoli. I'm really glad that you're an occasional listener to the big interview. I'm very, very glad that you were our guest. It's been educational. You're a, a, a special guy. From the, the big interview, moltissimo grazie. A stato bene. Thank you very much.